Thank you for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. We are grateful you stopped by. Regardless of where you are in your faith journey, we hope today's teaching is both challenging and also encourages you to move closer to Jesus. You can subscribe to the podcast if you want weekly messages, leave a review of your experience, and if you wish to become a giving partner, you can do so by visiting our website at believerschurchjc.com. And of course, we want to encourage you to come see us in person. We are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway in Johnson City, Tennessee. As always, we hope you enjoy today's message. Several years back, there was a ministry team from another church that came to the church that my family was involved in at the time. I was not a pastor at the time. I had started to get involved at my church, but I was not a pastor. I was not in ministry at the time, but this, this team came in from a church that was doing pretty well, and I guess their, their desire or why they had been asked to come there was to show us how to do a few things or maybe, you know, what success, whatever that means, uh, looks like. And uh, one thing that I could tell you that was very obvious about this group that came in was how well they worked together. Uh, They appeared to be a very strong pastoral team, but more importantly, they seemed to be really good friends. It was just a really good dynamic that they had. It was the lead pastor, the worship pastor, the student pastor, and I believe the tech director came in to lead our, our church through a few things. And sometime later, it was about a year later, I think, I heard that the lead pastor had went on vacation of this church that we're talking about. It was on the other side of Kentucky, I believe. But he went on vacation. When he returned, the other members of leadership had made the decision to split the church. I remember thinking, because I saw this group work together, excuse me, and how well they worked together, and I thought, how did this happen? How do things like this happen? Whenever it seems that things are going so well, and I I guess it's kind of like the Facebook world where everything seems to be perfect, but behind the scenes, you never know exactly what's going on. But I remember thinking with such strong, unified relationships for a pastoral ministry team, how in the world does this kind of stuff happen that a pastor returns from vacation, okay, I'm good and rested now, you don't have a job anymore. You know, and nothing ever talked about, uh, you know, to this person. I can tell you this because it happens all the time. It's not an overnight thing. It's something that is calculated over a period of time. And the strange thing about it, like I said, was the chemistry that they had and how well they seemed to work together. I can name more right now, more than one church or even more than one denomination that are going through these kinds of struggles over a variety of different things. So last week, what we talked about in in the latter part of Acts 4 was the model for Christian community, what it's really supposed to look like. If you're nailing it, if you're getting it right, if people are coming to know Jesus, if if the kingdom is being revealed We talked about exactly what that was supposed to look like. We identified this passage in late Acts 4 as the second of three passages that go over the communal dynamics, 
of what the early church is actually supposed to look like. We discussed that the early church is supposed to make Jesus known by denouncing their possessions. And after they denounce, some people may have not come back after last Sunday, but denouncing their possessions is this early community. And then what they do is they start to liquidate their assets and give to others within this early community of believers to those who are in need. But most importantly, what we talked about was that these model followers were unified together. And we talked about the importance of unity. So as I think about our vision and our mission and our direction to multiply more locations and make disciples in other places, as I see the chaos of the Christian landscape all over our country, more so in our country, not that it doesn't exist in other parts of the world, but in our country, I have really been obsessed lately with thinking about this idea of unity and how important it is. So we were just kind of fortunate that last week that, that particular passage happened to be something uh, that came up. So today, what we're going to talk about is the opposite of that. The opposite of unity is, of course, broken fellowship. What is it? Because I am telling you right now, and I believe, I'll say it again, that we are in a very, very good place as a church. And the way that we conduct our senior leadership team meetings and our board of director meetings and my meeting with our other elder, uh, Dickie Gilbert, the way that we bring things out, the way that we talk about issues, the way that we try to confront things and then forgive one another and love one another with everything we go through is very, very biblically based. But this can creep into any church, any movement, any network, any denomination, any marriage at any given time. And this is something that we have to pay very close attention to because one day everything is going really, really well in your church. And there's this move of God and it seems as if nothing is going to stop that. But then all of a sudden there's a rumor. Or then all of a sudden there's a dishonest person. Or then all of a sudden there's this huge disagreement over, over doctrine. Then all of a sudden there's this argument or this disagreement or this difference about a political position. And before you know it, that seam is created and division takes place. A lot of you that are in here right now and listening online, you've been to churches in which that's happened and you've had to live with the unfortunate results. So what we're going to look at today is what this looks like whenever we see it go south, go the wrong way. So we're going to look at Acts chapter 5. For those of you that are new with us, if you want to go back and listen to the podcast, we're in this series called Unstoppable Church, and we're just going through the entirety of Acts. We're only going to go about another month to six weeks in Acts before we change gears, and then we're going to pick back up on this next year. I want to encourage you again, go back and listen to the podcast. Talking with a, a pastor friend who's relocating to this area, and he, he may end up coming to this church, but he's been going through and listening to this particular series. So I want you guys also, if you haven't been, to also just pick up the, the Bible for five minutes a day just to read a little bit of Acts. It's going to give you more context for where we're, what we're going through. So Acts chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 1 through 11, keeping in mind that the last thing that we talked about last week was unity. And, and really, Christian utopia, what it's supposed to look like in its absolute best condition. But check this out, starting in verse five, uh, chapter 5. However, so however compared to what you've just seen and what's just occurred. However, a man named Ananias 
along with his wife, Sapphira, they're part, they're, they're part of the early community, sold a piece of property. Just to give you a little bit of background, this is what we talked about. Them selling their property and then giving the proceeds to those who were in need in the community last week. So Sapphira and Ananias sold a piece of property. With his wife's knowledge, he withheld some of the proceeds from the sale. He brought the rest and placed it in the care and under the authority of the apostles. Everyone else in the Christian community had been bringing everything under the care and the authority of the apostles. But we see here that this family withholds some. Peter asked, and Peter's getting bolder and bolder and bolder. Ananias, how is it that Satan has influenced you to lie to the Holy Spirit by withholding some of the proceeds from the sale of your land. Wasn't that property yours to keep? After you sold it, wasn't the money yours to do with whatever you wanted? What made you think such a thing? You haven't lied to other people, but to God. So I want you to think about how you would feel in that moment. You've not just been dishonest with us, but you have actually lied to the Holy Spirit. You have lied to God, and what you've done as a result of that is, brother, you've broken this community that we're working so hard to build. Do you not see the seriousness of this? Can you not grab a hold of the weight or the magnitude of what has happened as a result of this? When Ananias heard these words, he dropped dead. That's hardcore. All right, we're going back to the Old Testament right here. All right, he dropped dead. Everyone who heard this conversation was terrified, you think? Some young men stood up, wrapped up this body, and carried him out and buried him. I guess they didn't know what else to do. About three hours later, his wife entered, but she didn't know what had happened to her husband. Peter asked her, tell me, did you and your husband receive the prize from the field? She responded, yes, that's the amount. He replied, how could you scheme with each other to challenge the Lord's spirit? Look, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door. They're going to carry you out too, sister. At that very moment, she dropped dead at his feet. When the young men entered and found her dead, they're feeling kind of weird at this point. They're thinking, we better listen. They carried her out and buried her with her husband. Trepidation and dread seized the whole church, again, you think? They witnessed this, and all who all heard what had happened. So here is the key that's going on, and it's really important that you understand this today. Ananias and Sapphira want the benefits of community. It's a beautiful thing. When the Christian community is functioning the way that it's supposed to, with the division that we have in this world right now, listen, this country is a mess. There is, and I don't, it, if, you, if you're a liberal, it's a mess to you. If you're a conservative, it's a mess to you. It's, it's so much division. I mean, it feels like such a hard place. And I know we've said this for years, but I believe this is a very, very different time. But the Christian community, when done the right way, is the most beautiful thing in the world. And I told you last week, this is what I live for. And this is why God has called me more than anything else to show people like my past self that had so much doubt in this idea that it could be practiced in a real, 
faithful way. And people could see it, and then it's contagious. And it's beautiful. And it changes everything. So all the division in the world, all the problems, all the pain, all the difficulty, we can be a church that locks in. So they want the benefits of community, but here's most of us, without the strain that comes with the full cost. I'm sorry, I'm keeping my politics. I'm sorry, I'm keeping my viewpoints. If we disagree about that point, we're, we're done. Okay, I can't forgive you for that. So they want the benefits of the beauty of this community without the strains that comes with the full cost on an individual or on a family. And this honestly is where most people are. So in reading this passage, it's, it, it's harsh for most people. And that's completely understandable. It appears to return to the retribution of the Old Testament, in which we see a man and his wife just completely dropped dead. Old Testament writer Matthew Boffey, he said it this way, No amount of commentary, no amount of trying to water this down can take the edge off of this passage, but maybe that's the point. That's the way that he says it. And you also need to know if you're kind of new to church and you've been told that the Bible's bad and corrupt and, and, and we're just really, really bad people, this situation is not the normative for the New Testament experience. There are no other places in the New Testament where because of disobedience or because of disunity, people just happen to, to drop dead. But if you were here last week, you saw what the beauty of the church is supposed to look like when it's working the way that it's supposed to. Now, there are a lot of things that come down to corporate decisions we make together, but other times it's you as an individual or you as a family, and you need to get over yourself. And you need to get over the junk that is so, so small when people are dying and going to hell. That's the reality of the world that we live in. And I know that politics and all these other areas of culture, social media, are preaching something else. But we need to pay attention to these things because our relationships and us being locked in together, that matters, I believe, more than it's ever mattered before. So John Stott once said, one of my favorite, he's an Anglican scholar, he once said, if the devil's first tactic was to destroy the church by force from the outside, his second was to destroy it by falsehood from the inside. Gossip. Destroyed marriages. Fights over doctrine, which is one of the biggest areas. We are supposed to be willing to work together at all costs. Is there a time to leave a church? Sometimes there is. But that doesn't mean that you leave wreckage and carnage and gossip and all of these things behind you whenever you leave. It may be that you are the problem or the problem is so great that you just can't do it anymore. But you do not stay in that place and bring down the rest of the army with you. And this is where so many people are. We, we, we've all seen it. If you have been in church for long enough, if this is your first Sunday, you've maybe not seen it. But for most of us that have been in church at least a little bit, 
You guys have seen the way that this works out. So in this passage today, what is the key problem? What is going on here that's creating this problem with unity? What is the problem here uh, that's going on that's creating people to, to struggle with their relationships and eventually death? Ananias withheld some of the cost of his proceeds, or he kept back some of the proceeds. He is then dishonest and gives the rest of the money to the church leadership as if it's all. So what we see last week in this beautiful uh, Christian community, when they're doing it right, is they're saying, some of our brothers and sisters, some of these kids, some of the people that are involved, if we are going to move this mission forward, we have to change our understanding of possessions. And they liquidate their assets and they start to spread that so that the whole community can thrive. Into the picture comes Ananias. And what Ananias says is, this is beautiful. This is a good idea. And I want to take part on this. But gas is high right now. And there's some things that are going on in my life that I kind of need to take care of. So what he does with his wife's support is he withholds a little bit of the money, and then he goes to Peter or John or whoever it is that he's approaching. Here it is. I'm doing the exact same thing that everyone else, did, everyone else is doing. And he breaks that commitment. So this is how it reads in the passage. This is verse 2. With his wife's knowledge, and that is so, so important, he didn't withhold all the costs, but some of the cost. He wanted to try to live in the middle. And this is where so many people are in the church today. They want to try to live in the middle. Again, Ananias and Sapphira want the benefits and all of the good parts and all of the fun parts of community without the strain that comes with the full cost. If we are going in the direction that I know God is sending us, and Tyler tells us in our prayer this morning, the worship team and the tech guys, a breakthrough's coming, a breakthrough's coming, revival is coming, we've got to get past that strain. And some of you need to understand that Jesus is calling you and your family toward a full posture of surrender, a full posture of giving everything up, this live-in-the-middle Christianity, this I'm one-way Sunday that we talk about a lot, and I'm a completely different person Monday through Saturday, it's never going to work. It's not working for you now, and that's never going to change. There is a documented history, a real documented history of people who try to live in the middle. So this ancient Greek word for, for kept back or withheld actually means to misappropriate or literally to steal, to steal from the church, to steal from the body of Christ, to steal from others. And this is the position that Ananias finds himself in. And when making this decision, he's broken fellowship with the community. He's broken fellowship with the community. But there is always, and you need to understand this because, listen, some of you in here right now, I know, because we've talked, you're going through a very 
very difficult season in your life. You're going through a difficult season in your marriage. You're going through a difficult time in your job. You're going through a difficult time maybe with, with one of your kids. You, you're in a crisis of belief. All right, I don't know exactly what the situation looks like for you, but please understand this. There is always, when division comes about, there is always an initial influence for this, and it almost always feels and sounds like the correct voice at the time. Now, Peter, bolder and bolder and bolder, is willing to call out this influence. He's willing to call it out, and I'm telling you something. I am willing to call it out in your life. This is what he does. This is, this is what he says. Ananias, and I want you to think about how sad this is. How, how awful this is. Because people could have said this to me at times in my life, and people could say this to some of you where you are right now. Ananias. How is it that Satan has influenced you to lie to the Holy Spirit? And you may think, I'm not lying to the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe you are. Ananias, how is it? How far did you go? Where as a leader did I mess up? What was going on in the marriage between the two of you? At what point was the foundation not strong enough? Ananias, how is it that Satan has influenced you to lie to the Holy Spirit by withholding some of the proceeds from the sale of your land? And this is how it works itself out today. And please hear this, because I know that we don't, we don't believe this as often as we do. We believe in God, but we don't believe in the enemy. Satan is very real. And I'm going to tell you something. Through insecurity, through... Struggles in your relationships through I'm not good enough to step into this area of my life, through anxiety, through the, through the desire, and I, I mention this a lot because I struggle with it, constantly scrolling through our phone, you're being destroyed and you don't even know it. You're being destroyed to the point where it's going to be so far down the road, you're going to be in this situation. How is it? Where did this happen that you were so influenced? Listen, man, we've got a good thing going here. God is moving. We see just hundreds and hundreds of people added to the number daily. What are you thinking doing something so stupid? And this is what this sounds like today. She's a Democrat. You can't serve with her. He, he's too traditional. He's too traditional. Just leave him alone. She has a bad attitude. I don't like their approach to that. How about this one? This is what you hear. This is how it really gets ugly. I just don't think the church is moving in the right direction. But you don't come to me about that. Or you don't go to Peter. You don't go to John. You go to Susie, or you go to Bob, or whoever it might be. You go to that person. You know what? His messages just aren't as good as they used to be. Did you, did you see her Instagram post? She's half naked. Did you, did you see how he raises his kids? He has no control whatsoever. And just this stuff just starts to pollute 
and damage this beautiful thing when you should be going to your brother or sister with love. When you should be coming to your pastor and say, Matt, I think this is going on. I don't even know if it's my place to tell you this, but this is what this looks like. Now, I'm going to say something, and it's going to sound very harsh. Okay, the last part will. First part's okay. The last part of this is going to sound very harsh. Not as harsh as you're going to drop dead before you leave. All right? But it's going to sound pretty harsh. If you have a problem with a person in here, and some of you do, if you have a problem with a person in here or in this church that's not here right now, go to that person. Go to that person. Matthew 18, if you need scripture. If it's a little bit too difficult for you to go to that person, because it's a complicated issue and you feel like you need someone in leadership or a, or a third-party help and you need me to come along. I don't know sometimes how useful I am, but I can promise you that I will try to be that bridge and help you get me to help. Hebrews 13, 17. This is the harsh part. If you are unwilling to stop running your mouth or causing division, please leave. And that's asking as nicely as I possibly can. 1 Corinthians 5.13, if you needed a reference. This is Peter, and it's extremely harsh, saying this to Sapphira. The feet of those who buried your husband are at the door. They're about to carry you out, too. We're not having it. We're not putting up with it. If we have to confront it, if we have to talk about it, if we can work through it, we're going to. Because we are people of love and we are people of grace. But if you're toxic and you're going to keep it up, there's the door. And there's another one. Because the direction that we are going... And our desire to show what this authentic community is supposed to look like has to be protected at all costs possible. I've noticed God's patience with me over time. And I've noticed that God has been very, very slow to anger when I have been very, very, very foolish. But there is little as displeasing to God than disunity. There is little as displeasing to God as troublemakers and people who want attention and people who want the limelight for just a minute and people who think they have all the information. And you want to know something, if we're going to be really honest, and this is I'm just being as transparent as I can, gossip is kind of fun in the moment. If you feel like you've got the latest story, this is a pastor telling you this, if you feel like you've got the latest story, and some eyebrows are going to raise, and you're the one with the information and the attention is directed toward you, the temptation is incredible. But we learn over time, as the Spirit deals with us as a community, how to avoid these things. The church gets a breath of fresh air when gossip, lying, ego, and division are exposed and removed, and the church gets completely new life 
when we work through our differences and come together for the cause of Christ. Did you know if I'm being transparent, I'm talking to people watching online, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people that are on vacation, I'm talking to a lot of you that are in here. Some of you, for me, are the easiest people in the world to work with. And you're just incredible. And what you bring to my life, I, I can't even begin to, to let you know. You, you think I bring things to your life. You bring a lot to my life. There are some people, a little tough, a little tougher. There's some people, a little sandpaper, a little harder. But I have a responsibility and I have a commitment, not just to this church, but as a follower of Jesus, to be linked arm to arm, hand to hand, hands and feet of Jesus moving with other believers. And I will do whatever it takes in my life to do that. I will forgive. As difficult as it is to forgive, I will love as difficult as it is to love. And I will work with people because often they are bringing out more Christ in me. And that's really, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters. So Ananias and Sapphira, they want the benefits of community. They think it's great. You guys think it's great when everything's rolling in the right direction. Without the strain that comes with the full cost. There is very little that will grow you like a follower of Jesus. Very little that will move your life like being willing to work through difficult relationships. When you find yourself, take the person in a church, not necessarily this church, any church that you've ever been in in your life, and you contact that person or you make the decision to forgive them, I did not say tolerate them. There's a difference. I said forgive them and love them. Because you know what a lot of people tell me? I don't have a problem with her anymore. She walks this way, I walk that way. We don't speak, we don't argue. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the true definition of a faithful community. And you have no excuses to be otherwise. If we're talking about the body of Christ. So they want this without the strain that comes with the full cost. So just a few things to ponder, and we're pretty close to closing, just a few things to ponder today. Please take you with this with you. We are not, as a body, going to agree on everything. We're just not. If we were able to do that, that would, be, that would have never happened before in any church in the history of the world. There are theological or, or, or positions of doctrine Worship styles, views on hot-button issues. There are some things that we are never all going to agree on. And we have to be willing to move past that. Number two, sometimes your leadership is going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. So this whole... The, the, the leadership did this, the leadership did that, I, I, I don't trust the leadership. Your leadership in any local body is going to make mistakes, and I will put myself at the very, very front of that line. In fact, about 9.30 last night, got a call, realized I had made a mistake with something in, a, in a, some documentation. I had to say, oh, I'm sorry, I messed that up. They're going to make mistakes. You need to understand that. 
Number three, people outside of leadership that you care about in this church, your group leader, people that you serve with, um, they're go- friends, they are going to disappoint you sometimes. Okay? You're going to get disappointed. And then also, this is key, because some of you leave churches for this, you're not always going to be recognized for something amazing that you did, and you're not always going to get the apology that you really, really deserved. It's just a reality. These things that we're talking about, they're going to happen, and they happen all the time. It's just a reality with the, with, with the world that we live in today. But please hear this, because some of you are victims to this. The church has hurt a lot of people. Can we agree on that? It's still hurting a lot of people. The church has hurt a lot of people. It's really, really damaged some people that are in this room right now. And I am not making excuses for things that we've done wrong. Verbal abuse. Sexual assault. Power trips. Trauma. Shaming. Belittling. Embezzlement. The list goes on and on and on. We have made some really, really big mistakes. But nothing hurts like breaking fellowship. Nothing hurts the body like breaking fellowship. And I am calling out every scandal, every pastor that is done, they need to be held to accountability and in many, many cases lose their position depending on what they've done. So we need accountability with all these things. But nothing hurts like breaking fellowship. I almost feel like we need to create this reality TV show where we get two church members that don't like one another and just tie them together. The world might really enjoy that kind of thing. I don't know how much you would enjoy it. But the world might really enjoy it. Actually, it would probably just make us look worse. So maybe we don't need to take that direction. But this is where I stand. Suppose that you are a parent, as many of you are, and you have young children. And your child comes home from school and has been bullied. Or your child has been hurt uh, by something that's been said about them on social media. Or your child is struggling in, in some way. Almost all of you in here would do everything that you can to protect your child. That's just the kind of parent you are. I have been trusted by calling from God and a congregational vote from this church to protect this body. And I will lay everything in my life on the line in order to do that. Whatever that looks like. And whatever the cost of a particular ministry or a particular family may be. My desire is that we look toward spirit-filled unity and togetherness.
as a body. We can't see right now exactly what God wants to do with this church. But I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that it's big. It is very, very big. But with just a crack, with just a splinter of, of, of room, the enemy can destroy every single bit of that through one toxic, negative voice. It was the desire of early church leadership to protect the body at all costs. And we are being called to do the same. With all heads bowed uh, this morning and all eyes closed, there is a specific group of people that I am talking to today. First, for those of you that are leadership at this church, for those of you that have been at this church for a long time, much longer than me, and you care about this body so much, I'm going to tell you what we need to do because some of you are underestimating the power of the enemy. What we need to be doing today is praying for unity. We need to be praying for marriages in this church. We need to be praying for the leadership in this church. We need to be praying for those that God is calling to do new and amazing and wonderful things within our church. And we need to pray that we remain unified together. There's another prayer that needs to be prayed. And that's if you're struggling with a person in this church, maybe it's me. If you're struggling with someone in this church that you serve with, or someone that you know that you just, you just really, really have a hard time with their personality, my prayer this morning is, is that this is also something that we can bring forward to God. If you're in a place this morning and, and as a result of your kids or as a result of your marriage or as a result of another situation, you're having a hard time. We want to also lift up unity in that situation. You know, you can go to a, on, on a Facebook or Twitter or just about any social media site and a new pastor can like put out a book and, and be advertising it. And if you just go down through the comments, all you see are arguments among Christians. How does Believer's Church separate itself? That's the question. How does Believer's Church separate itself? I'm calling on all saints that are in this room right now to pray for unity in this church. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you so much for continuing to provide for Believer's Church. We thank you for the mission and the direction that you are sending us. And God, I pray from the bottom of my heart, God, with everything within me, that God, that the hiccups, the petty arguments, Father, the gossip, the gossip more than anything, the anger that we carry, 
the avoidance of other people, (laughs) the desire to walk in the room and just completely avoid someone because of something that sometimes they don't even know anything about. Father, I pray on this altar that you break our spirits this morning. And God, we truly, truly pray for the New Testament church. And God, we truly pray that we are unified together the way that you have called us to be. We ask these things and we pray these things in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We want to thank you again for listening to the Believer's Church podcast. Make sure you join us next week as we continue in this series. Also, we'd love a chance to connect with you. Make sure you visit Believer'sChurchJC.com and enjoy the rest of your week.